Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? That's a haunting question. If you will please get your Bibles and go back to Galatians 5, 22. Now we have been on the fruit of the Spirit the last three weeks, and we have talked about love, joy, and peace. And who doesn't want all of those things in your life? To have a life filled with love, a deep-rooted joy in your soul, and an overwhelming peace that passes all understanding. I mean, all of us desire that uh, for our lives. But now there's patience. I'm not about to pray for more patience in my life. I don't know if you've done it before, but I have, and praying for patience can be costly, just to say. Um, But here yet is another fruit of the Spirit, that the Holy Spirit uh, is doing a work in our life, and that's the beauty of, of what... If you look at fruit of the Spirit, it's one fruit. Uh, It is what the Holy Spirit brings into our life as we accept uh, the Lord as our Savior. Uh, The Holy Spirit working in our our life bears these uh, characteristics of this fruit, uh, one of which happens to be patience. And so we're going to take a look at what patience is and how we interact uh, with this patience with God and with others. Uh, But it is part of who we are in our faith, in our relationship with Jesus Christ, uh, that patience is a part of of love, joy, and peace, and kindness, and and the rest of the characteristics of this fruit. So I'm very glad that it's up to the Holy Spirit uh, when I'm dealing with this, because I am not a very patient person. I think there's a couple of you that aren't very patient people, uh, especially in certain situations. So what is patience? The... The Greek here is translated as long-suffering, patient, forbearance, slowness in avenging wrongs, uh, and that's that's in a noun state. And then I found a little jewel. The adverb of this word in Greek is actually translated longanimity. And if you know me, that's a glorious word. Uh, That sounds very much like a Randy word. I love to add prefixes and suffixes and multiple suffixes after certain words. So I saw longanimity. I'm like, are you kidding? This is amazing. Uh, So I looked at that. And if you look at some dictionaries, there's a humor aspect to longanimity, as in if sermons go too long or a joke goes too long. Um, But the one I came across is patient endurance of hardship or offense. Uh, And so it's basically being slow to anger, uh, being slow to react to a situation. And it's quite the opposite of a short fuse. Uh, And and I can attain to a lot of instances in my life of very short fuses or the lack of existence of a fuse at all. Um, Let's just go right to the heart of the matter. And it's the idea of not getting mad over little irritations that are so much a part of our life Uh, It's hanging on to our emotions when we feel like reacting, except I change reacting to unleashing our fury over little silly things in our life. Uh, That is being patient, is not reacting to a situation that could cause us uh, some grief or some impatience. And let's be honest, 
patience in our life is a, is a real challenge and a real part of what we are and who we are and how we react as human beings. Patience is self-restraint, which does not hastily retaliate against a wrong. Patience is the ability to accept delay or disappointment graciously. Now, really, we have to go graciously? You know, let me just accept it gritting my teeth and, you know, clenching my fists. Um, but a true patient mindset is it's graciously accepting something that's going to, to last a longer time than we really wanted. But here's my favorite. Patience is a calm endurance based on the certain knowledge that God is in control. And that's the heart of what we're going to look at today, that with God in control, with the work of the Holy Spirit, this fruit that he's working in our life, we will be able to endure. We will be able to take a suffering uh, for the long haul. Uh, we will be able to be patient even with the little things in life. And giving control to God isn't always easy, and we definitely are not born that way. Uh, what child uh, in the crib that is starving at 2 a.m. and 4 a.m. and 6 a.m. and needs their diaper change is going to say, you know what, mom and dad are sleeping. I think I'll just wait till they wake up to take care of me. No, we want it now. Like, give me food now, change my diaper. Let's, let's take care of business so I can get back to sleep because I know you won't go back to sleep. Um, but it is understanding that we, we don't, we're not born that way. Um, in other countries, it's a little bit easier. It's a little bit slower pace of life because uh, we Americans are go, go, go. Um, but I have to say, have I ever mentioned our Bolivian siestas? It's an amazing thing to take a break in the middle of the day. I don't have time for a break um, back here at home. There's too many other things going on. Um, even Kid President tweeted out yesterday, don't hurry, be happy. Okay, and you can talk to me about that later. Um, but, but a lot of times we get too caught up in everything that's going on, and we don't have time for this or that, and we don't have patience uh, for all of a sudden plans for the day to get ruined by someone else's need or some other situation that we have to take care of with family or loved ones. And our culture is not patient. Do you realize over the last few years, almost $400 million dollars uh, was lost in costs to drivers running red lights between tickets and accidents and, and cars getting uh, messed up. Over 400 million, that's a month, by the way. Um, that's ridiculous. We are just an impatient people. Uh, we're on a fast track, we're in a rat race, we want our fast food fast. Uh, how many of you have, have driven around a drive-through because there were too many cars in the, in the lane? Um, we have our microwaves and our high-speed internet. It's never fast enough, is it? Is anyone satisfied with your high-speed internet? I don't think any of us are. Give us more, more, more. Faster, faster, faster. I don't want to see the little, the little fill-up bar. I want that thing filled instantaneously. Um, and so it's, we live in a very fast-paced life. Um, and so I tried to think of a scenario in my, in my life that, that I needed patience in and broke it down with kind of a, a definition of patience. Impatience is not going into Chipotle when the line is long, okay? Thank you, whoever designed the Chipotle buildings for having big windows 
so you could see through the drive or the parking lot if the line's too long because then you don't even have to get out of your car. Uh, you just go on. That's being impatient. Patience is going ahead and waiting in that line maybe once in a while um, because I really want Chipotle. If you're really feeling really motivated, and we'll talk about motivation in a minute, I will wait in that line, um, definitely. But here's the cool part of long-suffering with the meaning of patience. Because I can be patient and deal with a situation once. But if it's for the long haul, uh, then that's a whole other level of patience. Long-suffering is waiting in that line at Chipotle every single time I go. And to endure that. Now, if you love Chipotle, it, you'll do it. Um, and, and motivation is definitely a key. And looking at what the, the Spirit is doing in our life, love is a motivation. If we truly love God, if we are pursuing Christ in all things that we are, are trying to do in our life, we know that there is going to be good that comes from every situation. And I hope that helps us to endure. And so what motivates, what motivates us to patience is love of a reward. Okay, what if I paid you $1,000 for any line you had to wait in for 10 minutes or longer? Okay, I would make bank going to the amusement park. Okay, I, you know, who has waited in a line more than 10 minutes over the last week? Especially if you've gone grocery shopping this last week. Um, but if we're motivated, I think a lot of us could endure a long line for $1,000 each time, right? Or there's a love for the person. Maybe there's a, an illness in your life or someone dealing with a situation that's going to last a long time. If you love that person, you're going to endure. Uh, the patient level, some, there, there will be times of weakness, but you will endure for a loved one uh, through a situation that they are going through. And most important is our love for God. Uh, that motivation alone. Talk about having patience. I'm glad that his patience is very different than ours and that he has a whole bunch of it um, because we would be in a big mess if God started to get impatient with us. And speaking of his patience, if you will turn with me to the book of Exodus, chapter 14. Exodus 14, verses 13 and 14. So Exodus 14, 13 and 14. This is when Moses has led uh, the children of Israel out of Egypt. Uh, they are standing on the bank of the Red Sea, but the army of Pharaoh is behind them. They're hearing the hoofbeats and the chariot wheels, and they are caught between the sea and the, and the army. And what do you do in a situation like that? Now, if I was there, I would freak out. Okay, Moses, what are we doing? Like, we've got nowhere to go ahead of us. We've got an army, army behind us, uh, ready to destroy us. Uh, are there plans, you know, plan B or C on the left or right of us? Like, what can we do? Get us out of here quickly. Um, I think everyone's impatience uh, and fear was high during that moment. And they even cried out to Moses saying, Weren't there enough graves in Egypt that you led us all the way out here to die in this God-forsaken place? But then Moses speaks in verse 13. Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. And then he goes on to say, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. 
or some of your translations might be to be silent. Moses knew what God's plans were. He knew, he may not have known the details of, of the parting of the Red Sea, but he trusted God enough to say, look, just hold on, it's going to be okay. Uh, and how many times do we freak out in some situation in, in our life thinking, there's no good option to get out of the situation. And we start to create our own way. Uh, and we're, we're not patient enough with God. And I am very glad that God's, God is patient and that his timing is very different than ours. In Luke 15 is a picture of the prodigal son and the father waiting. Here's a picture of God knowing that we are off making bad choices and, and being in the areas of life that we don't need to be. But here is God patiently waiting, knowing uh, that we will come back at some point. And what a beautiful picture it is that knowing that God is waiting for us, ready to receive us, uh, and ready to forgive us and to have a, a relationship again with him that is, that is great and perfect. And then in 2 Peter 3.9, you can jump over to that. 2 Peter 3.9 is the core of why our God is so patient and why God loves us so much. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So have you ever wondered why God doesn't just intervene? Have you ever wondered why God doesn't send a lightning bolt just to destroy all the evil and injustice in this world? Why doesn't he just take out all the wrong that's, that's going on in my life so that I can live a more peaceful life? Um, but God has a reason for that. And he could have long ago wiped out all the sin and evil in this world, but he chose not to because he knew that there were still some that needed to come to him, that needed to repent, that needed to understand this amazing love that he has for them. And so he's waiting patiently uh, for those to come back to him and for those to embrace him so that he can call them his own. And that's a beautiful picture of the patience that God has for all of us. And then the patience that Christ Jesus has. Could you imagine dealing with a bunch of disciples uh, this whole time while you're trying to do ministry? And they were encouraging to him, I'm sure, but I think they were as discouraging to him uh, on so many levels. But here's the patience of Christ putting up with these disciples who were slow learners, who fell asleep during a critical time of Jesus' ministry, uh, they were supposed to pray and, and keep watch with him. And they blew it at least two times. And he keeps coming back. He's anguishing over the cross. And they fell asleep. Um, and I would have lost it with those guys, but I'm glad Jesus didn't. And so many stories throughout the New Testament, the patience and tenderness in his conversation with the woman at the well. Uh, just over and over, the patience that Christ showed everyone. But even his deeper level of endurance and patience was as he endured the cross and suffered on the cross. When he was reviled, he reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he didn't open his mouth. 
He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shears is dumb, he didn't open his mouth. All the buffetings, shame, dishonor, griefs, pains, and sorrows he patiently endured for us. Oh, the patience of Christ, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. What an amazing, amazing, beautiful picture of patience that Christ had for us, knowing long-suffering for us, knowing that it, that's what it was going to take to allow salvation to come into our, our lives, and that, that he endured the cross for that long and through that much pain, knowing that all of that was going to be, bring glory to God and bring us into a right relationship with God the Father. So that's God's patience, which I'm very glad of. But how do we interact with, our, with the patience uh, that God has? And throughout Scripture, there's a lot of situations that weren't that great. Uh, in 1 Samuel 13, here is Saul, who was supposed to wait for Samuel to come back so they could, they could uh, burn the offerings. And Saul got a little impatient and saw the people were leaving and scattering, and Samuel hadn't shown up to, to offer the burnt sacrifices to God. And so he's like, I've got to do this myself. Uh, so Saul impatiently got everything together and offered the sacrifices. But then Samuel arrived just as it was all finished and said to Saul, You have done foolishly. You have not kept the command of the Lord your God, with which he commanded you, for then the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not continue. So Saul has lost everything now. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be prince over his people, because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you to do. And you look at Abraham's impatience, uh, which led to the birth of Ishmael, the enemy of the Jews. Moses' impatience robbed him of the promised land. Peter's impatience almost made him a murderer when he cut off the soldier's ear in the courtyard. How many times do we try to create our own miracles and try to take things into our own hands? How many times do we try to answer our own prayers? How many times do we try to do God's job for him? And that sounds ridiculous coming as we're talking, but how many times do we say, all right, God's not going to answer. I guess he's not in this. I'm going to go take care of it myself. And we totally mess things up. Psalm 27:14 says, Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Isaiah 40, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. It's right there. Just wait. Let God do his thing as as bad of timing as we think it is, God's got a plan for us. And God wants us to wait and be patient and have faith and to trust in him. And if you want a good read on long-suffering, go through the book of Job and take a look of, what, of how Job was so patient with everything that he endured. And in Job 13, 15, he says, though he slay me, I will hope in him. So Job's like, look, even if God takes my life, my hope is still in him, no matter what. And I'm glad that we have a patient God, because even in the midst of our bad decisions and impatience, God is still there, and that gives me great hope. 
God gives me hope to be patient with myself. I'm not where I think I should be um, as a Christian, as a believer, let alone as a pastor. Uh, but knowing that God is at work in my life and not going to give up on me is amazing. And there are so many times that I think that if I would have stayed more faithful and waited to do what God wanted me to do, there might have been some things different in my life before I jumped in and tried to take care of it. Uh, one situation over the, this last, maybe even last few months, um, to see a relationship that has come back into a healing, uh, more complete relationship that years ago, uh, almost a decade ago, I cut off completely. It was a situation I didn't want to deal with. Uh, it, was, it was someone that I didn't want to, to get or have to deal with on a suffering level, a long suffering, because I knew it was going to be a long time uh, dealing with this situation. And instead of being patient and truly praying over it and truly seeking the God's leading, I just basically cut it off. Um, and it was very rare for our paths to cross. Um, and seeing that over the last couple of months, realizing how stupid I was uh, to just take things into my own hands and not see God in it, I lost years with this person um, that should not have happened. And, and how many times do we do that? Do we get things so messed up that the, God has to allow the consequences? in that situation to come back full circle. Um, so trust in God. Even when things seem completely uh, unfixable, to know that he is in control, that his timing will come, uh, and it will be totally different than what you think, I promise you. It will blow your mind, uh, the, the directions that God will, will take you if you truly allow him to be part of your life. And so, as we interact with the patience of God, we blow it, I get that, but now, what about the patience with each other? How many times are we so patient with each other, and you know what, I love everyone. Everyone brings me peace and joy in my heart. Um, that's not always the case. Uh, we live with people, we live with human beings in our, in our homes, in our workplaces, and where we go. And how many times do we, are we so impatient with others that we blow ministry opportunities? Ephesians 4.2 says, With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. And then I was convicted. Everyone turn with me to 1 Corinthians 13. This is a love chapter. 1 Corinthians 13, and starting in verse 4, is a list of the qualities of love. 1 Corinthians 13, 4. And I'm going to go ahead and, and do interactive time right now. Can someone tell me what the first quality of love is in that passage? Patience. Patience. Yes. Um, it is so important to that patience is in our life, that, that it includes love and joy in all of this. Uh, there is so much depth to having a patient heart to enduring what God has for us, for long-suffering, and that can get very messy. Uh, there are people in our lives, our loved ones, uh, that we have to endure 
long situations, maybe lifelong situations, that are difficult to deal with. And that, like I said earlier, is easier because we love them, because we're in a relationship with them. And it's difficult, though. There are times of weakness that you have spent hours in a hospital or a nursing home or dealing with a situation that they keep making the same mistake over and over and over. And you're like, I can't handle it anymore. Um, but there is, there is something to relying on the Holy Spirit and relying on God and praying through that situation uh, to allow God to work a patience in your heart. And sometimes it can, be, it can get messy. Uh, no one will ever know the full depth of his character for patience and humility as long as nothing bothers him. It is only when times are troubled and difficult that he can see how much of either is in him. And how much better would life be with no obstacles, no issues, no situations that cause us um, to suffer for a long time? But patience is ability to put up with people that you'd like to put down or that you don't like at all. In this dealing with each other, how many of us would choose to be patient? How many of you would choose to be in a situation or a relationship where you know you're going to suffer for a long time? Are you willing to, to put yourself in that relationship? And I, I, I could help someone once. If someone has a flat tire, I'll go help in and out in a few minutes, and then I'm on my way. Um, but there's some situations in life that it's not just that quick. You know over here that someone is dealing with an issue that if you got involved, it was going to cause you a lot of time and effort. Um, and you already have too much drama in your life. You're not ready for more. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 talks about running with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Here's a picture of us enduring the race. Patience isn't necessarily waiting on the sidelines, twiddling your thumb until the situation is, involved, is resolved. It is getting in there, getting our hands dirty, um, messing up our lives, and investing in a relationship or a situation. And this verse is talking about run this race of life with endurance to make it through to the end. But if you're like me, I would rather have this race in the easy lane. Give me that inside lane of the track that's shorter. Um, if there's hurdles in the way, please give me the little short hurdles. Um, don't please make the little water pit after, after the steeplechase race, really small. You guys know what the steeplechase is? Where you're running, you leap over a hurdle, and then there's a big old thing of water in your way, okay? And how often in life does that happen? Okay, we're coming up on a situation, I'm like, I got this, oh, there's something on the other side. Um, and now, I've, now it's bigger than I thought. Or definitely don't throw some of this mud run or Spartan race obstacles in my way if I have to run this race of life. Um, there are some big mountains that people have to climb over, uh, some big obstacles that, that, that God has allowed in our life, that he has given us endurance and strength to get through. But are we ready to take on someone else's situation or drama? 
We already have so much in our life. I already have enough obstacles in my life. Why do I want to look over to the person to my left or to my right uh, that aren't even considered family or loved ones? And why would I want to get my life messy with their problems? But how many times do, has God put people in our lives that we need to do that, that we need to open our hearts and we need to minister and get messy in our lives with other people's lives because they don't know Jesus. They don't know the loving uh, Savior that we know and the God that is almighty. And we are like, forget it, forget it. Don't, don't make eye contact. Okay, it's like, you know, if you're looking at cars and you don't want to talk to a salesman, it's like, don't look over there, don't look over there. They're coming, they're coming. How many times did we do that with people in our life? That we say, man, if I go help them, they're going to expect more, and then there goes more of my time, my resources. No, that's not what God has called us to do. God has called us to get our lives messy with other people's lives. Um, look at our church. Now, I'm not saying y'all are messing up my life, but I'm saying that's what the body of Christ is, that we rally around each other. We don't have to go this alone. We already know that God's on our side. But to know that we have fellow believers that are there to help us help others and to encourage us in our own life and to be hands-on with everything that we can um, with resources and time and prayer is amazing. Uh, our poster of We Greater Than I is so true at the heart of who we are at this church, that we can do a lot more as we, as we gather together in a group than we can on our own. Uh, and that includes life. And I love our church for that, knowing that uh, we have a group of people that can rally around and don't mind getting our hands dirty. Uh, the different things that we do for the community, the safe nights, um, to make small adjustments to the schedule and time, those people were blessed because of our time and efforts to, to allow people in need to come and take part of our resources. Uh, and show them the love of Jesus and knowing that, that he has so much for them. And there are people out there that don't know him, that don't have a clue. Uh, and when we uh, just kind of push aside opportunities to serve, uh, we are taking away maybe an opportunity that, we, that they have to hear about Jesus Christ. And knowing that situations and, and relationships and like I said there are loved ones in your life that are difficult to handle there there are people at work and people in your family uh, that are not easy to to work through and to work with but knowing how much God loves us that how much God is patient with us with the example of Christ uh, enduring the cross for us we have no excuses but to embrace this, these opportunities of patience and long-suffering, and to realize that it takes faith, it takes love, it takes joy and peace to grab a hold of these situations and work through them hand-in-hand, side-by-side with others, and endure through that situation or relationship or whatever, knowing that the end of the race is Christ Jesus, knowing that the end of the race is eternity uh, with God in heaven, and knowing that we have an almighty God that is on our side, that will strengthen us, that will push us through, and 
and to be there for all of us. And we need to continue to, to work towards patience. And an amazing picture of how we continue to do any of this fruit is found in John 15:5, And you can turn there as we close. John 15:5. it is a picture of abiding in Christ. This amazing picture of a Savior who came to die for us, a God that loves us so much that it's not about getting the information and understanding and trusting God and then, all right, see you at the end of life, you get to spend eternity in heaven now. It is a God that wants to get messy in our lives, wants to, to come no matter how messed up we are and come and just work through our lives as, as messed up and how, however many mistakes that we make to come in and help to allow the Holy Spirit to work and for this fruit of the Spirit to come out in our lives and our actions and our words and our deeds. And John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man abides in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We cannot produce this fruit without the work of the Holy Spirit, uh, without the saving shed blood of Christ Jesus in our life. And we need to continue to get into his word, to spend more time in prayer, to spend more time worshiping together and doing ministry side by side with our church. Uh, we just have to continue to seek Christ Jesus in all that we do, continue to the, allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, to continue to look at this race and know that at the end we get to spend eternity with almighty god patience is a calm endurance based on the certain knowledge that god is in control let us continue to see god at work in our life look for the different opportunities in life to be more patient uh, and and realize that it's not a bad thing that it is god working in our life and and seeking him in all all that we do including the times that we're impatient including the times that the fuse is burning out real quick um, realizing that god has called us to a higher uh, level of love and patience and peace and joy knowing that he has work for us that he has a great plan for our life uh, a big plan and all the little details in between. God is a part of it and wants to uh, wants us to continue to seek after him in all that we do. Let's close in our time of prayer.